have your attention. May we have your attention. Somebody driving a Malibu, your car is still running across the street. So if you know that you parked and for whatever reason, so check your vehicle across the street, it's still running. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I don't know about you, but I am glad, I'm thankful, and I will rejoice in it. Is anybody else besides me happy to be in church this morning? For we know it is a blessing. We thank those that are joining us by way of live streaming. And we ask that you will let your friends and relatives know that they can do the same if they're not able to be in church this morning. But for we who are here, we will praise God from whom all blessings flow. We will praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I ask that you will pray with me now. Oh God, all glory and honor adoration and praise it belongs to you lord father we ask that you will prepare our thoughts prepare us through the active presence of your holy spirit prepare us to come before you rightly oh god enlighten our understanding 
Father, we ask that you will purify our every desire and then quicken our wills and strengthen every right purpose. Father God, move in this house. Oh God, move on every pew. Anoint us afresh for kingdom service. Lord God, let there be no hindrance to our worship. Lord, let there be no distraction in our praises. Let there be no hesitation in our hallelujahs. For we know you are worthy of all the praise that every one of us can give. Lord God, direct this hour of worship to the magnifying of your holy and righteous name. Oh God, bless now, not just this church. Father, we ask that you will bless every church door that's open in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bless us now through everything that we do, through scripture, through song, through the preached word. Bless us that we will not just be hearers, but bless us, Lord, that we will be doers of your holy and righteous word. And when we leave this place, we can leave here rejoicing with renewed strength to tell a dying world that you're God and that you are the only way. We ask that you would do it in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. We're ready now for our praise team and our minister of worship. All right, come on, stand to your feet as we give him glory this morning. Yes. All you have to do is repeat on this one. It's an easy one now. God is in the sanctuary. God is in the sanctuary. God is in the valley low. God is in the valley low. God is on the mountain top. God is on the mountain top. He's everywhere I go. Everywhere Say it again. I go. God is in the sanctuary. God is in the sanctuary. God is in the valley low. God is in the valley low. God is on mountain top God is on the mountain top He's everywhere I go everywhere Here we go Say yeah.
your verses. So high you can't go over. So high you can't go over. So low you can't go under. So low you can't go under. So wide you can't go round him. So wide you can't go round so him. So mighty you can't defeat him. So mighty Say it again. Look. So high you can't go over. So here this morning and we pray for those who desire to come and we uplift our sick and our shed in families. Father we also pray right now for our families that's going through bereavement. Give them peace, give them comfort, give them hope and give them love. Father God right now we also uh, uplift our senior pastor and our pastoral staff. Lord we thank you for the vision that you have given them for this church, this city and this community. Continue to give them that wisdom and knowledge and understanding to lead and assist and counsel your people honestly and righteously. Lord, right now we pray for the congregation of K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. Let us continue to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you're giving to us. God, grant us patience and bearing with one another. Help us to stay humble when we interact with one another. Lord, grant us peace and unity. Heavenly Father, right now, we thank you in advance for K Chapel, it's 2020 year, that we have more powerful worship services, that our ministries be more effective than ever, 
our individual and collective blessings. Let them flow, let them flow, and continue to flow. The spiritual growth of this church and the new members, Heavenly Father, let us be amazed with the increase. Lord, we thank you right now. We love you and we adore you. And we surrender our lives to you and worship and praise this morning, Heavenly Father. So, Father God, continue to let your spirit and your glory fill this place. Let your beautiful and amazing Holy Spirit move freely among us to dwell in each and every one of our hearts, to challenge us, to equip us, to inspire us to learn more about your majestic ways. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for your eternal life and the promise of your magnificent heaven. And we thank you for the spoken word for this morning, Lord. May these ancient scriptures come alive in us to inspire us and to keep us our hearts and our minds. And Heavenly Father, for your mighty hedge of protection, may your grace and mercy fall upon us each and every day. These and more prayers in your Holy Son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Simple song says, Awesome God you are. Awesome God you are. Mighty deliverer. Mighty deliverer. You are my strength. Incredible God you are. You're my protector and my defense. Every day, every day, your grace is renewed. Yes, your mercy, your mercy is growing. I need just you. Yes, so I worship you this morning. Simple part, all my praise, all my praise. belongs to you so we came to give it to you this morning God yeah say that again all my praise yes Lord it belongs to you God you deserve it God awesome God you are Incredible God, you are my protector and my defense. Every day, yeah, your mercy endureth.
somebody give him glory this morning all my praise be glorified God be glorified in our worship be glorified in our song be glorified through our prayers be glorified with our living be glorified in our actions be glorified oh God our praise belongs to you my hallelujah belongs to you God you deserve the glory you deserve the honor come on let's worship him this morning all our praise all our praise hallelujah hallelujah come on come on all my praise all my praise, all my praise belongs to you oh bless his name it belongs to you my hallelujah belongs to you sanctuary belongs to you let the Lord hear you this morning this is your praise give it to him give it to him belongs to you bless his name just let the congregation sing their praises sing congregation yeah give it to him give it to him Give it to us with everything. testimony to hear the voices of the congregation singing all my praise belongs to you so we have another opportunity for God to hear your voice this morning in the form of responsive reading we ask that you follow the words that will come on the screen no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Congregation. Yes. Now we rise in the 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, all together. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So now we've come to the time for our congregational hymn, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand.
is her prom closet drive, collecting clean and gently warm prom, formal, and pageant dresses. It's okay if you don't have a dress to donate because you can donate a gift card that helps to support this event. We will fill the closet here at Kate on Saturday, February the 15th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'm sure you've already bought your ticket for the Old School Review that is sponsored by the Kate Chapel Mission Ministry and held here at Cade on Friday, February the 28th at 7 p.m. in the Willie Wright Family Life Gym. If you and your crew have your moves together and you're ready to sign up, just drop by the Old Fellowship Hall after the 8 and the 11 o'clock worship services. This promises to be a fun-filled family event and we look forward to all of you joining us. Come walk down memory lane. Tickets are only $5 each and can be purchased in the Old Fellowship Hall. For more information, please contact Sister Francis Moody at 601-862-5015. Hey, gentlemen, just in case you haven't looked this far in advance, Friday, this Friday, is Valentine's Day, and we have the perfect gift idea for you. Buy her some chocolate and send her shopping. You can purchase her a seat for only $50 to the women's shopping trip to take place on April the 4th to the outlet shops of Grand River in Birmingham, Alabama. The Futures Ministry is still accepting graduate bioforms for individuals receiving degrees in higher learning from a college or university. The form can be downloaded from the K-Chapel app or obtained from any member of the Futures Ministry. The deadline for submission is March the 1st. The entire month of February, we are focusing on benevolence. Through your giving, K-Chapel is able to meet the needs of those whom we serve. When you give a little, God can do a lot. And when you give a lot, he can do much more. But... You don't have to take my word for it. Please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Well, bless the Lord, beloved. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and glad about it. Amen. Good to see you, my father. Amen. That's right. Go on and give God a great big hand of praise. Thank God for another day's journey. Amen. Amen. We continue to lift up those who are in need of prayer. And we know that uh, Reverend uh, Powell will be 
uh, bringing that information to us uh, later in the service pertinent to this congregation. Uh, but I, I just ask that we, we heard about the tragedy over in Clinton this week uh, with the family uh, that was lost. And so I just want you to be in prayer for the Clinton community. Uh, there's some people who, I, who told me that they were aware of that family. And so uh, let's keep that family in our prayers. Let's keep that community in our prayers uh, that God would uh, certainly be merciful uh, to all who are affected by that, that great loss. I uh, do want to remind you that we are continuing our 28 days of prayer. Uh, prayer and fasting, and we want to remind you also that on Monday, uh, beginning um, uh, tomorrow, we will continue in our prayer lines. The mothers are going to be giving our prayers all this week. Amen. And so we want you to join these mighty women of God. Uh, you need some deliverance. I dare you to get on a prayer line with these mothers. Amen. Uh, they will pray the devil away and then pray you. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. I, I've heard them do it before. Amen. And so join us on our prayer line, 6 a.m. They will be praying all this week. Uh, for our prayer line and God bless you and God keep you is indeed our prayer. Listen, want to remind you also, lastly, uh, we will continue in our benevolent uh, drive for this month, all this month. Uh, we are uh, working to replenish our benevolent fund. I told you on last Sunday, uh, because of the great need in our community, we have basically uh, depleted the, flood, the fund, but thanks to your generosity on last Sunday, uh, we're, we're building that right back up. We want to continue that the rest of this month uh, so that we can have the reserves that we need to be able to continue to minister to those who are in need in our church as well as in our community. So at that conclusion of this service, as we did on last Sunday, we will have a special benevolent offering that you might give particularly just for benevolence. We want you to continue with your tithes and offerings that you do as regularly uh, during the tithe and offering period, but at the conclusion of the service, we'll have a special benevolent offering to help replenish the benevolent fund. God bless and God keep you. Good morning, Kay Chapel. We would like to ask all of our visitors to please stand. Anyone that's visiting with Kay Chapel, you're not a member yet. All right. Okay. There you go. There you go. Anyone else? Okay. Please remain standing. Here at K Chapel, we'd just really like to give a special welcome. And if you're looking for a church home, you haven't to look any farther. You can come by letter, Christian experience, or candidate for baptism when we have the doors of the church open. But right now, you're going to get something so special because everyone that's around you is going to give you a special uh, welcome. And church, this is fellowship time. Let us have some of that wonderful music.
good morning, K Chapel. Before I get started this morning, just to let you know that I got a new cell phone last week. If, and I did miss some text messages and some emails. If there's any information that you sent me that I do not read this morning, please send me that information again, all right? Thank you. Same number. This morning, there are some members that are in need of your prayers. And I just want to share a few opportunities that you have for the upcoming week that you can minister one to another. Let us continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. Sister Thelma Donald lost her brother-in-law, Mr. Larry Donald. That funeral will be held on February 14th at Brown Baptist Church in South Haven, Mississippi at 11 o'clock a.m. Sister Ernestine Ross lost her brother-in-law who was lost in an accident in Florida. His name is Mr. Herbert McCaffin, and her sister Evelyn is in the hospital. We have those who have recently lost loved ones. Mother Dorothy Pen lost her sister, Miss Dor Dorothy McMullen. Brother Herman Porter lost his nephew, Mr. Lewis Carter. And our church secretary, Sister Patrice Martin, lost her nephew, Mr. Tory McElroy. We have also, either in the hospital or in rehab, Sister Aletha Lewis has been moved to Clinton Health Care. Reverend Michael Jones is still in rehab. Brother Kenny Williams is back in the hospital. And we have Sister Lynette Dennis is in the hospital in Atlanta. We have those recovering at home and continue to pray for them. Mr. Levi McBride, Coach Walter Griffin, Brother Frank Blonson, Sister Marilyn Langford, Sister De Ruth Dale, who is here this morning, Brother Limus Magruder, the brother-in-law of Muriel and Leonard Ellis, and also the husband of Stephanie Magruder. As you travel this week, before I, fi before I finish, I have three cards, one from Francis Matt from Linda Wilson the Wilson, and the Wilson family, and also from the Fisher and Singleton families. All of them are thanking you for all of that you did, all the support that you offered them during their time of loss. So continue to pray for all those families and keep them in your prayers. Amen. And as I always say, say it with me. Pray when you can visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Amen? Thank you. We've come to the time in our service where we can demonstrate our love for God in another way, and that is through our tithes and our offerings. So as the deacons come, we want to remind us why we give. We give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. We give here at Cade as a sign of our thankfulness for God supplying provision in our lives. And finally, we give because we want to see God's kingdom grow 
through ministries and missions that occur here and around the world through Cade Chapel. Now let us hear a word from the Lord. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and when we have given only what comes from your hand. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise, glory, and honor to God. Amen. Stop and look back over your life Think about how good God has been to you Can't you see He brought you While danger was all around I'm sure someone out there Can agree with me today As I look toward heaven and say Thank you Lord Lord, and the reason I want to thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, oh, thank you, Lord, Lord, I know you've been so good, oh, Lord, I know you've been so good, you watched over me all night. so good oh lord i know you've been so good you watched over me all night long and lord i know you've been so good listen jesus i've been wrong in my life but sometimes i've even sinned but lord i i thank you for waking me this morning let me kneel down and pray again I could have been dead Sleeping in my grave You kept the depth away this morning And made him behave You've been good Lord, I know Jesus You've been mighty nice, Lord I know you've been so good to me And Lord, I know you spared my life Father too Out of all the troubles and trials I have had in my life Without you Lord I don't know what I do That's why I got my hand in the 
every day of my life I'm trusting in your name You've been good Lord, I know Jesus You've been mighty night, Lord Early this morning You touched my body dictionary to express how good you've been to us. And now, dear God, we ask that you bless this offering. We ask that it be used in its proper way. That is to glorify and edify your most holy and precious name. These things we pray in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let every heart in the building say amen. Amen. You know the Lord's been good to you. Why don't you bless us one more time? The Lord's been good. He's been so good. He ain't just been good. He's been so good. Anybody got a so good blessing? He's been so good. Things that I didn't deserve, he did it anyway. He's just been so good. Things I wasn't looking for, he came out of nowhere and just blessed it. So good. He's been so good. So good to me. Amen. Amen. Listen, let me let me let me let me let me tell you how good God has been. I, I'm looking over here. I see Deacon Ellis is here this morning. Somebody give God a so good blessing. God has been so good. Good to see you, Deacon Ellis. Amen. God is a mighty good God. A mighty good God. Mighty good God. Listen, do me a favor. Tell your neighbor you've got a story to tell. Tell your other neighbor you got a story to tell. That's right. You got a story to tell. You got a story to tell. You. 
You, 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 y'all can be seated for a second. You got a story to tell, amen, amen. All of us in here, we got stories. We got stories to tell, stories to share, stories of hope, stories of faith, stories of resilience, amen. Some of our stories are happy stories that end happily. Some of our stories are sad stories. Some of our stories are gut-wrenching. Some of our stories are heartbreaking. But hopefully, all of our stories point to the reality and the faithfulness of a true and living God. Some of our stories are still being written. I want to encourage you to hold on to see what the end's going to be. God is still yet writing our stories. We are stewards of the story. This month we are talking about the stories that God has given to us and the fact that he expects us to care for them and manage them well. And one of the ways that we manage our stories is by sharing them. This morning we want to share with you one of the stories from our, within our own congregation. Uh, it's a story that speaks for itself. A story that I believe is yet being written. But I want to thank the person for already being brave enough to share her story with us. So if you will, media, let us see this story. The last past year has been a very interesting one. Um, you know, you send your kids away to college and you never think that fear that one fear, uh, don't ever let anything happen to my child, my child, my child. And then when that fear comes to a reality, it's, you know, that didn't happen to me. Because I thought, what well, we thought, that was invisible. Something like this, a death, that close, a child. Because you send them off to college and pray that everything is okay. But, um, Taking that, that, that word I'm trying to, what word I'm trying to think of. You send them off to college and you think everything is okay. Not knowing that fear that you always have for your child, that sense of everything's being okay and then when something happens, the reality sits in like that really happened to me, which I never thought. Not my child, not me. I guess and we thought we were invisible. Um, going through that the last year has been one that has been started out hard. Started out like I was in a black hole, like a dark hole, just sunk. Because I just, mm, just, I don't know. I was in a dark place. But through prayer, much prayer, and the strength and grace and mercy of God. I've come through. And my pastor. Prayer. Prayer changes things. Um, today I'm able to talk about her without always tearing up. Before it was hard. Um, losing a child is the worst thing in the world. But. Now, where we started at? Let's start all over. So let me ask, like, was there a time, um, because you said through prayer and uh, grace, but like 
in in that dark time was there a time when you didn't feel like it was definitely um i thought i was alone um, I thought that I was the only person feeling this feeling, had this feeling that I had. No one else was going through what I was going through. Surely no one else has been through what I've been through. Nobody can feel this way that I feel. My child that I talk to every day, how you go from talking to a child every day to not talking to a child at all. So yes, being in that hole, that dark, dark place, it's like a hole. And it was like I was scared to come out of that hole. It's like, ugh. And as I gradually tried to peek out, it's like, no, I gotta go back. And I, I did that for months. Even going to a grocery store. As simple as walking into a store, going to Kroger's that I always go into, sales, my everyday life of women. It was like I go out and I go in a store. I looked around and I said, I can't get out. So I was, a, I was in a very, very dark hole. And I remember my dad having, having a conversation with him. And he said, whatever you do, don't stop. Keep moving. And I learned that once I kept moving, that gradual dark place that I was in was coming into life. Very slowly. Wasn't a quick light, but it was very slow. And I even recall one time, I kid you not, coming to church, and I said my regular spot, then I was like, okay, go back two rows, and then I'm back another two rows, and eventually I said, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom, and I walked out the door. That's how that darkness was. It's just like, oh, why? You know, why? That dark place, I thank God that I've come out of that darkness and into the light. Listen, I want y'all to give a supportive celebration to Sabrina. She's here this morning. Sabrina. Sabrina. Come on, y'all. Come on, celebrate the Lord, the healing power of God. Bless you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And we continue to pray for you. And we certainly remember, we all remember Jayla. We thank God for her and for her life. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. Now, of course. Darkness 
and give him a great praise. Give our God a great praise. Come on, how great is our God. Amen, amen, amen. If you will, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, I want to begin reading at the first verse, verses 1 through 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and there you will find these words recorded do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you ye are our written ye are our epistles written in our hearts 
known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of, as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to help me preach this sermon. Tell your neighbor, you are the letter. You are. You are the letter. You are the letter. As we continue this series, Stewards of the Story, we are challenged this morning by the Apostle Paul to recognize from this passage of Scripture that we are living epistles. You and I are letters that should confirm the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ before the world. The reason that Paul uses this metaphor of a living epistle is because he is answering the question that the Corinthian church seems to raise regarding Paul's credentials. Ministers and preachers were at that time popping up everywhere. We got a little bit of a reverb, Mike, help me out there. Ministers and preachers were popping up everywhere, kind of like today. And many of them were illegitimate and did not represent or preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness. Others were simply charlatan preachers who sought material wealth and would fleece the people of their goods. And so you had a lot of false prophets, a lot of fake preachers popping up and a common practice when preachers or ministers would come to a new city and to a new church was for them to bring with them a letter of recommendation. A letter of recommendation from some other known and respected and properly credentialed minister or vetted ministry. They said basically, if you're going to preach to us, show us some proof. Don't sound like a bad idea today. Show us some proof that you are who you say you are. Amen. Everything that put on a robe ain't holy. Everything that stand behind a pulpit shouldn't be preaching. Everything, I, 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 that really is not in my sermon, but felt like it ought to have been said. The, the problem, the problem, the problem though was that while, while, while these letters of recommendation were, were, were being given, what happened basically were that, that there developed what they call letter meals. Uh, meals that would just produce letters and, and people who wanted these letters would go and get them and, and they were fake letters for fake preachers to get them an opportunity. Oh, shucks. So it made it difficult to trace, track, and trust the authenticity of those who claim to be ministers of the gospel. 
recognizing the challenge of confirming the authenticity and the legitimacy of his ministry, Paul comes to the church at Corinth from a different perspective. Rather than offering them a handwritten letter of recommendation that they could read for themselves, Paul says to them, you are my letter. I don't have, have to have someone to verify me and validate my ministry. You are my proof. You are the evidence. Don't you remember? I came to you and, and you, were, you were in all kinds of, of lifestyles. Some of you were adulterous. Some of you were idolatrous. Some of you were fornicators. Some of you were greedy. Some of you were drunkards. Some of you were immoral. But now you are washed and sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus Christ. You are my letter. You are the evidence. The fact, the fact that I preached to you and prayed for you and now you live a new life in Jesus Christ, you are the proof of who I say I am. You are the letter. Paul says, basically, don't act like you don't know me. The evidence of my ministry is not in some letter that can be written by me and you are my evidence and my brothers and sisters as stewards of the story we are living epistles we are the visible proof the evidence of the transforming power of God we are to be the letters that the world can read such that if they never pick up a Bible they ought to be able to see in us the evidence of God's almighty hand working in and through us because we are the letters, the living epistles. What, what does that mean really? That means that as members of the body of Christ and as members of K Chapel, we must be letters that others will receive, that others will read as authentic representations of Jesus and authentic manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit. You must be a letter. I didn't say junk mail. You must be a letter that, that people get to and want to open up and want to read. You must be a letter that is the evidence that God is real and the Holy Ghost is present. People ought to be able to read you and your life story and come away from that reading knowing that there is a God. Folk ought to be able to hear that even in the unfinished chapters of your life that God is still weaving parts of the narrative together while he is yet working on you and in you and with you and through you. People should be able to read that our life letters, to read our life letters and be confronted with the reality of God's love, God's power, his mercy, and his faithfulness. When they read you, what do they hear? What do they see? What is the story as born-again believers of the body of Christ and more expressly as members of K Chapel, we are to be the visible expression and the tangible proof and the confirming agency of the heart of Christ, the love of God for this world. If you're a member of K, and that's most of us in here because I didn't see but one person stand up. Was it more than one, sure? Just one. So there's everybody in here. Amen. Don't look at me like that. You had an opportunity to say you was a visitor. Member of K Chapel, then you 
You are our letter. Let's say that again. If you're a member of K Chapel, you are our letter. You're the church's letter. Mm. You are our letter in and throughout Jackson that introduces unbelievers to Jesus. You're the letter. You're the letter that acquaints skeptics to the reality of Christ. You're the letter. You're the letter that familiarizes the faithless with God's faithfulness. You are the letter that prepares the cynic to have a personal relationship with Christ. You are the letter that answers the doubtful heart. The letter that responds to the needful spirit. The letter that encourages the desperate soul. The letter that inspires the depressed mind. You are the letter. We are all letters. Living epistles. We are letters that introduce unbelievers to a living faith in Christ. We are letters that affirm the relevancy of the church and its ministry. We are letters that answers the critiques of the cynical and skeptical in matters of faith. We are the letters. And because we are those letters, you must, I must, we must ask ourselves these questions. When people read me, what do they come to understand about faith in God when people read me? What do people leave understanding about the power of the Holy Ghost when people interact and engage with me? What do people then understand about the purpose of the church when people engage and have conversation with me? What do they understand about the people of God based on how I treat them? I'm preaching better than you talking. When people engage, interact, read me, what do they understand about the person of Jesus Christ? Do I provide good information? Do I give solid examples? Because you are the letter. Which means then, which means then that you've got to give some care and you've got to give some concern that you are, first of all, legibly written. You need to make sure folk can read. As, as legibly written letters, we must be, watch this, readable. That means that there should not be confusing slants in our behavior. There should not be ambiguous strokes. Y'all ain't talking to me. In our decorum. As legibly written letters, our living should not have to be deciphered, decrypted, decoded for it to make sense. If people have to try and figure out what they're reading, that means that our life's letter is illegible. It means that we've been sloppy with our work. Sloppy with our witness. We've, we've been careless with our character. We've been messy with our marriage. We've been raggedy with our relationships. We've been fake with our friends. We've been vulgar with our vocabulary. We've been loose with the truth, poor with job performance, lazy at work, shady in our dealings. A legibly written letter is one whose marks and markings are clear, straight, precise, and that conforms to standard rules of penmanship. 
You can't come up with your own way of writing and tell folk to read it. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. A P ought to look like a P. Help me preach it if you can. Are there uncertain markings in your life's letter that throw people off concerning your identity? Are there unrecognizable strokes that confuse people about who it is that you say you're trying to be? Is your life's letter too cluttered, too jumbled, and sloppily written that it takes too much effort for people to try to read it and understand it? Are there too many competing and contradicting things that you have to interpret and explain so that people can't read it by themselves, but you have to explain what this means? You got to translate your writing. Y'all not talking to me. A legibly written letter is produced, watch this, when we are no longer controlling the pen. Listen to Paul's words. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God. Paul says, you are known and read by all men because this is not a story written by ink. This is a story penned by the Holy Spirit. This is a story not written on parchment, but written on our personalities. This is a story not chiseled upon hard stone, but rather it is inscribed within the hearts of men that calls us to live right, to walk right, to talk right, to act right. A legibly written letter is a life that has allowed the mind of Christ to become our own. And as such, he now writes his story so that others may read it and recognize it and know what it says without being translated. The thing about it is when you have the mind of Christ, he writes a letter that is not bound by language. People from other cultures can read that letter. People who speak other languages can read that letter. Because it is the love of God being shared in demonstrative ways. That's why, that's why as a church we didn't need any translators when we sent aid over to the immigrants whose families were pulled apart by the ice raids last September. We, we didn't have to send a translator when we bought goats for families in West Africa. We didn't have to send a translator when we supported aid to the Bahamas because that's a letter written on the hearts and it translates itself. You don't have to translate love. You don't have to interpret compassion. You don't have to translate care and concern. That's a universal language that reaches the hearts of mankind regardless of their native tongue. And our story, our story, our story as a community of faith is that we lean into the needs of others. We search God's heart and ask, what does, you, what does God want us to do? How does God want to move with us and through us? We look for where God is and what he's doing and what our role is in his grand narrative. So as we celebrate our 140th anniversary this year, we must remember that the story of Cade Chapel is indeed a heritage of faith and a legacy of works. You're going to hear that motto all this year, a heritage of faith and a legacy of works. Ours is a story of building faith 
building community upon the eternal hopes in a faithful God. Ours is a story of meeting needs where it exists, not for the sake of profit or fame, but as a profession of our faith, not for what we can get out of it, but how God can be glorified in it. Ours is a story that starts with an ex-slave who saved enough money to buy property in the outskirts of Jackson. You're going to get tired of hearing this story before it's all done. But you're going to know it and you're going to be able to share it with somebody else. It is a story that starts with an ex-slave who saved enough money to buy property on then the outskirts of Jackson. And in so doing, he builds economic power and becomes a kind of social engineer and urban planner, surveying the land and selling plots to businessmen who would locate there. Isham Cade had the brilliance to see the opportunity before him. Paul would call it an open door and buy the property, survey it, but watch this, set aside a portion of it and give it to the Lord. He recognized that what he had belonged to God. And as a steward, he gave back a portion of what God had given to him. The story of, the story of K. Chapel then begins with stewardship. The stewardship of one man saying, this I give to God. And from that act, other ex-slaves, men and women, came together offering what they had like the children of Israel did when it was time to build the tabernacle. Their collective gifts allowed for a small structure to eventually be built that would house the prayers and the petitions of a people believing that God had not forgotten about them. And when we read our story, when people read our story, they should know three things about us. Number one, that God has uniquely shaped us for ministry of social engagement and community impact. When people read our story, they should know that God has uniquely shaped us for ministry of social engagement and community impact. Folks, that's just who we are. It's what we do. And we're not new to this. We're true to this. We have given over $150,000 in scholarships to graduating high school seniors. Why? Because that's what we do. We provided last year over $80,000 in benevolence requests and emergency assistance to keep people in their houses and food on their table and lights on. Why? Because that's what we do. We provide affordable quality childcare and education at rates on par and many times lower than providers around here with less comparable facilities. Our facilities outrank many of those around here. But we do it at lower costs, oftentimes with the church, filling in the gaps. Why? Because that's what we do. We provide quality, affordable housing for seniors at Cade Courtyard because that's what we do. And we do it because that's what the Bible tells us to do. 
Apostle James says in James 2 and 15, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to him, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them the things for which they are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Faith without works is dead. You can talk about all the faith you want to if you ain't doing nothing. You're just full of talk. If you're not giving anything, if you're not serving anybody, you're just full of talk. Faith without works is dead. Truth be told, there's a lot of dead churches. Ah, ain't talking about nobody. There are a lot of dead associations. There are a lot of dead conventions. Y'all ain't going to talk to me anymore. A lot of places where we as a people should, could, and would do more. When people read our letter, when people read our letter, the letter, the letter of K Chapel, they will not be able to say of us that we have a dead faith. But ours is a faith that meets needs. And because we do this, I believe, secondly, that God rewards faithful stewardship by adding to our responsibilities and multiplying our resources. God rewards faithful stewardship by adding to our responsibility and multiplying our resources. What do you mean, preacher? In other words, let me say it like this. We didn't get here by saving. We got here by serving. You can't save your way to this. You can't save your way to productive ministry. If you're going to have ministry, you've got to serve. And what are you saying? You can't hold on to everything that God puts into your hands. We did not get here by keeping but by caring. We did not get where we are as a ministry by holding everything God puts into our hands. We got here by helping others and putting to use what God has placed in our hands. And faithful service or stewardship positions come when we are faithful with what God has given to us. That's part of what this year is about for us here at Cade. Being faithful in our stewardship. I know many of you have been wondering, because I hear you talking. Y'all get quiet when I show up. Go to talking about sports. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. But I know you've been wondering what's going on with the building project. We haven't talked about it from the pulpit for a while. You haven't heard anything. Brother Chad, they'll start whispering, what's the hold up? And if you don't tell them something, they'll make something up. Amen. Oh, I know my people. So let me tell you, the silence that you've heard is not surrender. The silence has been about us asking God to show us how we can be faithful in our stewardship. Such that we are not tying ourselves and future generations of our ministry to serving a mortgage. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. I believe that we do the kingdom a disservice 
when we tie up God's resources for 30 years to service a debt. We do not represent the kingdom well when we forsake ministry for a mortgage. And so we have been very prayerful. We have been thoughtful and we've tried to reimagine how to accomplish what we know God has given us to do, but do it in a way that represents faithful stewardship. Many of you heard that when we got the initial cost, 15, 16 million dollars. That was the quote. That that would saddle future generations with that that would saddle my children. Their children, y'all ain't talking to me, and possibly their children. Something wrong with that. And so we are, I'm happy to report, we're making significant progress in a discussion now that we'll be sharing with you soon about an option that we believe represents a better and more faithful stewardship of what God has given to us. We'll share that with you soon, as soon as we get it all together. But, Brother Chair, we're moving forward. And I believe that God will be praised and pleased. And that you, indeed, will be pleased also. To know that we are careful and deliberate in how we imagine putting to use what God has placed in our hands. After all, that's what Jesus commends in that parable of the faithful steward, a stewardship that managed well that which had been placed in his hands. And we are a living epistle that testifies to the fact that faithful stewardship positions you for more resources and more responsibility. When you handle well what God has given to you, he'll give you more. When you handle faithfully what God has trusted you with, he'll put more in your table. So stay tuned and stay prayerful, and let's see what God will do. In the meantime, let it be said in our letter that we are not wasteful with God's resources. As such, we will engage this year in an assessment of the facilitation of our current resources, capital, human, relational, and otherwise to better leverage all that God has given to us for the advancement of the kingdom. Now, I look forward to working with all of our leaders, our trustees, and our deacons as we begin to think critically and creatively about new ways to use old resources. As we lean into this work, lastly, I believe that it will be made abundantly clear that God is not through with us yet. God is not through with us yet. This story of ours started in 1880, and yet it continues today in 2020. And it is yet still being written. Because God is not through with us yet. And as scriptures confirm, I believe that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and neither has it fully entered into the heart of man all the wonderful things that God has planned for us. 
He is not through with us yet. He is yet writing more of our story. He's not through with us yet. He is yet tying together the parts that we didn't understand. He's not through with us yet. He is still bringing together the loose ends. God is not through with us yet. He is yet bringing in new believers who will carry on and carry high the banner of Christ and the ministry of K Chapel for future generations to come. God is not through with us yet. How do you know? I know because there are yet houses to build. There are yet businesses to start. There are yet families to restore. God is not through with us yet. There are yet economies to replenish, prisoners to rehabilitate, stomachs to feed. God is not through with us yet. There are yet backs to clothe and minds to educate and neighborhoods to transform. God is not through with us yet. There are yet jobs to create and schools to start and movements to lead. God is not through with us yet. But let us be clear that none of these things shall we do in our own strength or in our own might. But Paul says in this text, verse 4, And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves but it is of God. God is not through with us yet. He's still writing our stories. He's still writing our stories. I began on a heavy, serious note, so let me end on a light note. But chair, yeah, I was... When I was in high school, I was the manager of basketball team. And I was the manager of the basketball team because I couldn't play basketball. <laughs> but, 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 but I saw something, Ken. I saw that if the team won and got a jacket. The manager did too. And, and the team won and got a jacket. And I got my jacket and I got my letter. L. I was okay, but, but it was something that was always bugging me, if I'm honest. And that is that I never got on the floor. Uh, I was wrapping ankles and wrapping knees and getting the balls and getting the water, making sure I was keeping score, all of that. And they loved me and everything. It, it was good. But I never got to shoot. Ball. Oh, sir. My son, my son a few years ago became manager of the basketball team. He'd gone out for basketball and, and, and the coach didn't choose him to play, but he said, I want you to be my manager. And he came home upset. I remember he came home upset. And I said to him, I said, son, Take it from me. 
If the team win, you win. And, and at that time, they wasn't giving away jackets. They were doing rings. I said, if the team get a ring, you get a ring. And in fact, they went to the championship. They got, they won, he won, he got a ring. And, and that was the end of the story. Until, until Friday. Because his daddy never got on the floor. But my son. See, because God is still writing the story. He got on the floor. And, and can I show y'all what happened when he got on the floor? You got to rewind it. You got to rewind it. Proud daddy moment. You got to rewind it. He number 44, y'all. Bam! Bam! Three point. Three point. Bam! Downtown. None but net. And I stood up. And I said, he's still writing the story. not be your end he'll come around and get your seed let you do what you he's still writing the story please be patient with me God is not through with me yet the doors of the church are open you can come by letter by Christian experience or as a candidate for baptism the doors of the church I shall come forth, I shall come forth. 
take the hand of the person next to you and let us join into this prayer together. Yes. Let us pray. Father God, we come now thanking you for the blessing of this day. For giving us this opportunity, O oh Lord, to return to this place. Father, we're with two of your children right now. You know their situation and their circumstances. Father, you know what they've been through and you know what it took for them to get to this point. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for allowing them to be here this morning to represent your power, O oh Lord. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would just touch both of their lives right now. Whatever the situation is, wherever that is going, O oh Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would attend to it right now, Master. Father, we love you and we need you. We ask that you continue to keep us in your loving care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Take a seat for just a moment. Amen. Ushers. Thank you for reminding me, Ushers. I'm sorry. Ushers were ready. They said, Reverend, what you doing? God bless you. Thank you, Ushers. Thank you, Ushers. Y'all keep playing. Keep singing. Just get your offering out. Amen. We're going to do it fast. We're going to do it fast because I know you already had it ready to give. Amen. She'll be in your front pocket, not your back pocket. Amen. It's in your front pocket. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Ushers, come on. Come on. Let's take this benevolent offering. Again, this is the offering of benevolence. We're replenishing our benevolent fund this, this month. You help us do that by giving liberally. Remember, God has blessed you to be a blessing. It could be you, but God has been merciful and gracious to you. So give and help somebody else who's in need this morning. This is our offering of benevolence. want to remind you this coming Saturday at 10:15, please show up at your precincts where you normally vote. The caucuses will start at 
you're in training this Saturday. Show up at 1015 at your regular voting precinct and then sign in for the precinct caucus. Are you here? I didn't see you. Kendra, are you here? Is she was here? Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 Um, gosh. Oh boy. I made a mistake this morning. Tell you what, Rachel, uh, come quickly while we're giving the offering. Listen, we want to re remind you that the census is coming up this year. Census takes place on April 1st. April 1st. April 1st is Census Day. We got some information, some sample, uh, some sample uh, maps, sample maps for you to uh, get in the in the and the census form. Those in the fellowship hall as well. Tell us the importance of that real quick. This year, the census will begin March the 12th. You will receive something in the mail, a postcard with a identifier on it for your household, and you will begin to enter your census information through the computer on your cell phone or on your app iPad. It is true that April 1st is the uh, actual census date, but they're starting the process early on March the 12th. So stay in tune to receiving more information through K Chapel about the census, and then come to the back and receive uh, a map on Mississippi on hard to count areas within the state, Hines County, is a hard to count place and so we need your help the census means dollars coming to the state when we do not engage in the census then we hear about head start slots that are we can't put up our children in head start so it's critical to dollars hospitals uh, all of the federal programs medicaid it's crucial that we each tell another person to be aware that you receive something in the mail and go ahead and engage in the census. And Kendra Wright is our U.S. Census Partnership Specialist. I am one of those. Good morning. Uh, we're happy to begin this conversation today and we will continue it over the coming months. If you have not yet uh, by radio or television seen a commercial, there are ads that are running. We hope to uh, inform those advertisements that you see and really encourage you to respond, let you know that it is indeed safe and imperative for our communities that we do so. So thank you very much for your time and please receive the materials that we have. If you have any questions, we are resources to answer those questions as well. Thank you so much. Thank you again. I apologize for that. Listen, we, we want to be engaged for the census. That's real dollars, y'all real dollars that impact our communities. We did the numbers uh, last census. There were about 30, there were, we were about 70% reporting in Hines County, which means there were about $153 million that were off the table just because that 30% didn't show up for the count. That 30% didn't show up for the count and that left about $153 million off the table. 
okay? So it translates into real dollars. We need you to sign, we need you to do what we do, sign up, be counted, make sure that your household is counted as well. Amen. Get the information, it'll be in the back. God bless you, ushers, God bless you. Won't you stand? Won't you stand? You'll hear more about this throughout uh, the next month, uh, in particularly in the month of March and leading up to April 1st. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.